For WMRA News, I'm Bob Levicky. A controversial housing development in southwestern Harrisonburg has won city council approval. Former Wyoming Representative Liz Cheney will join the Center for Politics at UVA as a professor of practice. And after a floundering process to revise the state's history standards and a $200 million math error in school aid, Virginia's Superintendent of Public Instruction submits her resignation. This is the WMRA Daily for Thursday, March 2nd. A hotly contested housing development won approval from Harrisonburg City Council on Tuesday. WMRA's Randy B. Hagee reports. The council voted 3-2 to two to approve the rezoning request for the proposed Bluestone Town Center, as the Daily News record reported. The developers, Harrisonburg Redevelopment and Housing Authority, and the private investment firm Equity Plus, plan to build up to 900 housing units there over about 10 years. Council members debated for two hours in a work session earlier that evening, with Chris Jones speaking out in staunch opposition to the project. This has become about checking the box of affordable housing and not making sure that the entire city can absorb it and the entire city grows at the same time. Topics of debate included how many students the development would add to city schools, whether tax revenue generated from new residents would be enough to cover services provided to them, and whether the housing authority was capable of properly managing the project, given previous conflicts with council over their property's maintenance. How do you give someone something else if they can't take care of what they already have? Michael Wong, the executive director of the housing authority, countered that he's met with Jones previously and addressed his complaints. Wong and a representative from Equity Plus also caught some heat from council members for claiming that the council could provide input or completely halt the project in the future. Now, legally, that is technically possible. Because the housing authority is a public entity, it will have to get approval from council if and when it goes to issue bonds to finance the project. But city attorney Chris Brown cautioned that it is practically unheard of for a city to deny a bond issuance after approving a project and doing so could have devastating effects on Bluestone homeowners and the city's reputation with developers. Please don't have the attitude that we can use bond financing approval or disapproval as a zoning enforcement tool. That's not what it's made for, and that would would just be a disaster all, all around. Jones compared the project to the urban renewal that took place in the 50s and 60s, and how that disadvantaged many black residents of Harrisonburg, raising their homes and moving many of them into public housing. Monica Robinson, while holding a no-matter-where-you-are-from-we're-glad-you're-our-neighbor sign, disagreed with that characterization. And it feels to me like we have a sign up, but we're not living the sign. In order for this community, in order for our community to move past all of these racial disparities of the past, I feel like a project like Bluestone Town Center has the potential of allowing us to develop in a way that's different from what I've seen happen in the past. Mayor Dina Reed argued that they have approved many other housing developments and there will be more to come. She also noted that the council had recently allocated $2 million of American Rescue Plan Act money to a housing fund, which could be used in a variety of ways. Why are we acting like this is it? Right. If we don't do this, nothing else is going to happen. Vice Mayor Laura Dent said it's not enough. Of that long list that we've gone through of housing developments we have approved, only 
two, maybe three, have an affordable component of ones that are still alive. If we don't do this, we are, it, it's a major opportunity cost. Now, what exact socioeconomic demographic the development would be for was also a topic of debate, with council members referencing groups like the workforce, Alice population, and low to median income. However you want to characterize these groups, here are the numbers. According to the developer's proffer statement, all of the for sale homes would be reserved for households making between 80 and 120 percent of the area median income, as calculated by the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development, which comes to an income of about sixty-four dollars to $97,000 a year. Rental units will be occupied by households making about 64000 or less. A presentation assembled by the developer also states that 75 of the development's rental units will go to people with housing choice vouchers, which allows the federal government to pay a housing subsidy to the landlord. Laura Dent, who stayed relatively quiet during the two-hour discussion, moved to approve the rezoning request. Her motion was supported by Danny Fleming and Monica Robinson. The approved request did not include one of the initial proffers made by the developers, which would have included a cash kickback for city coffers but was deemed not legally viable by city staff. For WMRA News, I'm Randy B. Hagee. Learn more about that story and previous coverage on the issue from WMRA at WMRA.org or on the app. Former Wyoming Representative Liz Cheney is joining the University of Virginia as a professor of practice. Politico reports that the position with the Center for Politics begins immediately and extends through the fall 2023 semester. Larry Sabato, a director of the Center for Politics, says the Republican is a, quote, model of political courage and leadership. The announcement follows Cheney's vote to impeach former President Donald Trump, her leadership on the January 6th committee, and the resulting loss in her bid to retain her House seat. Charlottesville Mayor Lloyd Snook told City Council on Tuesday that he will run for re-election. The Daily Progress reports The Democrat was first elected to council in 2019 and became mayor in 2022. Charlottesville has a council manager form of government. The city manager position has been filled by an interim since 2021. The mayor runs all council meetings and sets agendas. Virginia's superintendent of public instruction, Jillian Balow, submitted her resignation to Governor Glenn Youngkin on Wednesday. Megan Pauling with VPM News reports. Balo formerly served as Wyoming's education secretary and took on her role in Virginia's Department of Education in January 2022. Her tenure in the Commonwealth has been marked by controversy over issues including the state's history standards and policies guiding schools on the treatment of transgender students. In a letter to the governor Wednesday, Balo didn't say why she was leaving the post, but did say she was proud of her work implementing a new state law called the Virginia Literacy Act. It mandates evidence-based reading instruction in public schools. Balo also wrote that she'll continue to work with the Yunkin administration as a consultant and will remain in Virginia. Megan Pauley reporting. Chad Stewart at the Virginia Education Association says Balo leaves several unresolved problems, including a $180 million gap in school funding and a floundering process for creating history standards. We want to make sure that this isn't seen as another excuse to delay the finalization of the Virginia history standards, which are now eight months behind schedule. There is a vote scheduled for them coming up on April 20th by the Virginia Board of Education. 
And so far, the Yunkin administration has looked for virtually any excuse to delay these standards out further and further. Chad Stewart of the Virginia Education Association. Full disclosure, VEA underwrites programming on WMRA. Virginia Public Radio's Michael Pope has more now on what Chad Stewart and other critics say the General Assembly must do to fix that $180 million gap. When lawmakers left Richmond last weekend, many were under the impression that a $200 million mistake in estimating basic aid for local school divisions had been solved. But now, groups like the Commonwealth Institute and the Virginia Education Association are saying that's not true. Chad Stewart at the VEA says only about $20 million has been allocated, leaving a gap of about $180 million. They kind of moved the goalpost internally in order to claim that they made school divisions whole, while in reality never actually addressing the $201 million gap that everyone else was uh, talking about publicly. Delegate Mark Sickles is a Democrat from Fairfax County who is one of the Appropriations Committee members meeting in secret to craft a budget. We're lucky now not to have a budget done because we need to get to the bottom of this. We need to find out exactly in this complicated formula how we need to adjust it to account for the changes that we made in the tax code. The deadline for the budget is this summer, so there's still lots of time to make the numbers add up. Although school superintendent Jillian Balow won't be around to help fix the problem. She announced this week she's stepping down. I'm Michael Pope. Finally today, the General Assembly passed a bill rewarding those who recycle oyster shells. WHRO's Catherine Hafner reports. The new program will give up to $1,500 a year to people who donate enough oyster shells. Environmental groups use the old shells to build new reefs. Officials say the material's gotten more expensive due to limited supply. The legislation will benefit businesses that participate in local shell recycling programs. Norfolk restaurant owner Todd Jurek previously told WHRO that his downtown bistro donates hundreds of shells each week. He's glad to see a return on investment. I think it would be incentive for other restaurants that aren't doing it to do it. So it's just a win-win. The legislation now goes to Governor Yunkin for a final sign-off. Catherine Hafner reporting. For WMRA News, I'm Bob Levicky. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy your Thursday.